0: What should I think about is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing, but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What should I think about podcast I'm celine
1: and I'm Stephen so Celine, remember, remember the fifth of November so mm. today we're we've got a bit of a bonus episode we're releasing it on the fifth of November in the u k we've got this Oh, kind of a is it a celebration it's a it's a remembering of something that happened way back in our history um so the 5th of november is is a little thing that generally the uk know about pretty much nobody else knows about um and it's we fireworks night as far, as far as we're concerned night, yeah. um, and it commemorates the attempt by uh well a, a plot of a number of people but the, the guy that is uh, known for is actually called guy guy fawkes Um, and his cohorts tried to blow up the houses of parliament so um, if you're not a UK listener then um, think of Big Ben you know the picture of Big Ben and the building that's attached to it that's the houses of parliament and uh, Guy Fawkes and some others tried to blow it up in 1605 so he was caught Um, he was well actually strangely what happened is they tried to hang him he tried to escape. He fell off the gallows and broke his neck on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of tragically uh, hilarious. But um, yeah, so he, he didn't, uh, that he, they foiled the plot. He didn't get to, they didn't get to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Um, and uh, we are supposed to celebrate this every year by uh, ba- basically creating an effigy of Guy Fawkes, Um and burning the effigy on a bonfire mm-hmm. and having fireworks um, to celebrate the fact that uh, he failed in his plot to blow up the Houses of Parliament. So that's yes. that's Guy Fawkes, that's Bonfire Night. Uh, these days it's not, it doesn't have quite the same, uh, well, you, you, we've talked about this already and, and you said you kind of don't know much about it. and that's, Well, no, I don't know much know about really. the
0: history as much. Like yeah. I just know that general story, but I don't yeah. know loads about it i know that Mm. obviously guy fawkes tried to do that and failed and now we get basically like a football on a stick to represent guy fawkes um (laughs) on a bonfire and fireworks Um, but fireworks night is great i like it yeah (laughs) people like
1: the fireworks yeah i love the fireworks. and that's that's more what it is now i mean when i was growing up it was a bit more gruesome because actually you would um we never did it um, this was one of those borderline things for Jehovah's Witnesses uh, because as a Jehovah's Witness, um, we couldn't do any of the normal holidays. Mm-hmm. But I think because Bonfire Night and Guy Fawkes is is such a niche thing for the UK um, and obviously JW's comes from America, I don't think anybody kind of, kind of gave it much thought really. So I think, you know, you kind of could get away with it if you wanted to. We had fireworks sometimes in the garden. I remember my dad getting some fireworks and rockets and some, um what are those Catherine, Catherine wheels and sprinklers that's right yeah um so we did we did do the bonfire um or at least the uh, a bit of the, the, the fireworks um and yeah you might attend a, a big bonfire and so on and, but you know actually some people kind of went to town on it so young lads would normally young lads they'd make a guy mm. so they'd like make a, a, a this effigy out of uh, maybe a football head and uh, some pillars or something. And they'd actually make a, a, a guy and they'd they'd wheel him around in a pushchair or a pram. And they'd knock on your door and say, Penny for the guy, penny for the guy. So this was a bit like trick-or-treating. You'd knock on the door and, and somebody might give them a bit of money for the, the effigy that they would just made. And then you'd take the effigy down to the local park, stick him on the bonfire, and set light to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, we never did that.
1: <laughs> so we never did that either. And uh, we did the firework bit, but we didn't do the burning of the effigy. Um uh, but yeah, it's when you think about it it's pretty gruesome. So I don't think these days it's probably not quite politically correct um to, you know, celebrate the burning of a catholic on a bonfire. Um because mm. obviously this is steeped in religious um problems and so on but um but yeah that's that was a big thing when i was growing up it's not so big a thing now we do have fireworks if it's a during the week normally there's a big firework thing at the weekend so we don't even necessarily do it on the day Um,
0: it's it's, it's still on the day sometimes sometimes. it's just it's just Mm. peterborough is quite small isn't it (laughs) so that yeah because i the ones i went to they've been on the day but that doesn't matter
1: Mm. um anyway that was uh that was bonfire night and uh, yeah, it was kind of it's kind of cool. Obviously the pets don't like it very much because there's lots of fireworks and banging. Mm. Um so think of New Year's Eve sort of thing, but perhaps a bit worse. Um so yeah, that was that was Bonfire Night. We can talk a bit more about the history. Uh but the other thing that I just noticed flick up onto Netflix uh early this week was V for Vendetta, which is a film going back to the early two thousands, two thousand five, six um and so I thought, oh well, we'll watch that. And so I watched it and I thought, oh yeah, do you know what? We could do a, a bit of a special podcast about that. And obviously, because it draws on the story of Bonfire Night. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people will have watched for Vendetta. Um it's not, you know, obviously it's a bit more of a worldwide appeal. So uh we've both watched it and we thought we'd do a little review of it and then maybe also talk about both some of the themes in VIFA Vendetta, because actually it's kind of really relevant um and also maybe delve back a bit into the history of um of the event itself mm-hmm. or the, the inspiration of the event yeah right so i've set it up now um tell me what you thought about the film
0: i think it was very early 2000s it had that very specific flavor which i think if you don't know what that means, then I don't know what to say. <laughs> you just have to know. Um, but it felt like early 2000s, like mm. that kind of vibe. Um, it was... Uh, certain elements, I think, were a bit questionable, but I don't know if you want to skip around or if you want to like do a plot summary first or something.
1: It might be useful to do a bit of a plot summary. I mean, it's, it's quite a complicated plot in some respects, um, but... Yeah, so it's it's broadly it starts off with we get to see the uh, actually we get to see Guy Fawkes get hung, um, which um, as I've already said isn't actually how it happened because they never got to ha- hang him properly. He fell off the gallows and mm. broke his neck. They then drawed and quartered him afterwards. Yeah, um, that's but, what
0: you do for treason. Yeah, specifically. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, but anyway, with the V for Vendetta film, we just see the poor guy being hung um and then it just that's kind of setting the scene in terms of this is a a film about an idea Uh, and i mean this is the thing with guy fawkes it is all about this idea um and then it really just straight away goes into the this imagined future where we've got a a uk well it it seems to be more england actually because they talk a lot about the news channel is obviously very political it's uh, but it's all about england so it seems like england has become a um a sort of dystopian fascist type state um the usa has had another civil war and they've they've pretty much uh you know they're a bit of a basket case at the moment and and so england um there's a there's a scene with a, a news anchor um you know, basically saying that it's because they've given up God, and uh, you know, it's a you know, basically this gloating in the failure of the USA. Um, so England is a bit of a has become, uh, as I say, a bit of a dystopian dictatorship. There's a a leader there who now is called the Chancellor. So in the UK, the uh, leader is actually a Prime Minister, but in in this imagined world, he's the Chancellor, which obviously calls back to Nazi Germany. And there's lots of black and red stuff around to, to remind it, you of It's very of that.
0: much that, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and, of course, a wonderful John Hurt is the Chancellor and mm-hmm. he's, he's often pictured as a big screen or is on this big screen yeah. talking to his minions, which is, in a way, great, because, of course, he was in the George Orwell adaptation, 1984, mm-hmm. and... He was the one that was a citizen um, of Big Brother, who was, um, you know, on that big screen. So, um, yeah, that's kind of kind of nice. Um, okay, so that's the scene, and then we have um, that the main sort of cast
0: was well, V, who is the, the dude with the mask. Who's, v, and yeah, there's He's there's Hugo Bunny.
1: Weaving. Hugo Weaving mm-hmm. plays the part of V. Um, who is absolutely brilliant. Now, you never get to see his face, but he is just so good. And his English accent is just superb. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So, love Hugo Weaving.
0: Someone else was going to play him, That's apparently, right. but they didn't want to because he wouldn't ever show their face.
1: That's right. I forget who it um, was now.
0: I don't know. And who cares? Somebody
1: do will it. tell us. But yes, why should they be named?
0: Yeah, um, but Hugo <laughs> Weaving did it. But I think he's a good casting choice anyway because he's a very Great. physical actor. So. Absolutely. And it's yeah. about physicality. So it makes sense. Definitely.
1: And Natalie Portman um, is Evie Hammond, who's... Uh... I,
0: do, I do have to say, there's so many actors that are actually from England. I don't know why they always have to cast... Like they don't now because you've got people like Emily Blunt and like they do a lot mm. of that. But like, why why was that a thing for so long? <laughs> just, just because I know that it wasn't the worst accent in the world, but it wasn't the best accent.
1: Quite great. No, so I don't have a problem actually with American actors playing British parts, and uh, because. The Brits play so many American parts, no, so we can't really complain. But it
0: was so bad. But there's always so many bad ones. Yeah. I guess we just hear because it it's our accent, and we're like, "That's yeah, not great." So
1: I, 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 think she was a bit mixed I'm up, up with her back accent. To really. Grim
0: as well. That, that show. If anyone else has watched it with all the terrible, twirly mustache <laughs> accents, but. It always
1: happens. Yeah. It's really... It is a bit grating. Um, it
0: puts me off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: Especially because it's meant to be in England and there's all these yeah. actual English actors in it. There's, like, a lot of, you know, the party leaders. They're all, like, yeah. actual good, yeah, yeah. you know, English actors yeah. doing... doing.
1: And Hugo Weaving's an Aussie, but he does a fantastic English yeah, accent so uh, of all sorts. He does, he plays a northern... Uh, well, he plays the yeah. the very well-spoken yeah. V, but he also um in another alter ego he plays another part where he's a northerner and he's he nails that as well he's just absolutely brilliant
0: some people are great at accents Mm. some people aren't and that's okay
1: yeah so natalie portman let's not let's not um slag her off too much but she did um she started off going well that's quite enough of that and then then she sort of it needed to be a bit more working class so it kind of it didn't feel quite right
0: it was a little bit disjointed.
1: So, yeah, she's, she's a, you know, she plays a good part, but um, it would have been nicer to have somebody who could just nail it as an accent or, as you say, have, um, have somebody who, who just did that very naturally. But anyway, um, she, those two uh, were fine. Um, Stephen Fry turns up as a little bit of a, a sort he's... of misdirection, I think, in a way. Um, I think yep. at some point you meant to think, oh, was he? Is he um, the guy? Because he's got that, that uh, sort of voice I suppose.
0: Um, I think it's quite, I think, I think personally, I was like, it's not, it's obviously not Stephen Fry,
1: but. No, but I think there's a, there's just that, uh, often in shows, they do that. It's not like a big reveal or anything, but it's just, yeah. Um, Of course, we've talked about John, uh, John Hurt, and then there's lots of other great actors that we don't need to list all of them. Um, So, yeah. So, Evie, who is the Natalie Portman character. She's basically rescued by V, who is this mask-wearing, well, let's call him a vigilante to start with, but essentially he's a terrorist um, who um, rescues her, but then blows up the old Bailey, which is actually the courts, um, and... At this point, you get to see how the state manipulates the media. So the media are now spinning it to say, oh, it was just a demolition job, you know, and we put fireworks up to give the old Bailey a good send-off, you know. Um so this is this is one of the, the main themes in the film is this manipulation of the media. And obviously it's a state control media and they they spin it in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Um there's there's a bit of a there's a plot around um how this ruling power, uh, how this this chancellor got into power. And um, it was all done through creating fear of of a virus and um, seizing power through fear. And it's all about keeping people down. It's about lying to them. It's about a police state. It's about lack of freedom. It's become a dictatorship. It's all corrupt and yeah you've got this uh, this character v who is essentially a terrorist trying to bring this down and his big thing his big act is going to be destroying the houses of parliament on november the 5th in memory of the other attempt to do that Um, and so a lot of the film actually takes place during a 12-month period where he tells everybody he's going to do this on november the 5th Um, and so that the the film is often around trying to find him does, before that happens. He does so the so.
0: first explosion on the first November the fifth, right. and then he says a year later that he will do
1: the That's Houses right. of Parliament. Yeah. Um, so obviously um, this is a quite an old film. So, we, but we always warn if you know there are spoilers. So if you don't want to hear the spoilers, you want to watch the film first. It's on Netflix currently in the UK. I don't know if it's available in other countries, at Netflix. But um, but yeah, you can watch it. Obviously, uh, but. Uh, yeah, so the, the actual plot works. They uh, he blows up the House of parliament not before bringing to justice the people that had started, uh, you know, created this, this thing in the first place, actually experimented on him personally, and um, created this situation that had caused so much fear, um, actually poisoned or created a virus that killed a lot of. Their own people to generate this fear, um, allowing them to blame minorities, and so you know Muslims and gay people and so on. So there's a lot of the the normal um, way of blaming people that you know it's easy to blame, um, and so that the justice comes to those guys, and the houses of parliaments gets blown up, and that's kind of you know, it's a new start.
0: Do you think he was really doing it for the greater good or do you think he was doing it for himself? Because everyone that he killed Mm. had a a hand in his own sad story.
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. So is he, I suppose, you know, it does deal with this question about um, freedom fighter versus terrorist and what sort of motivations they have. Yeah, so I think the film in some respects tries to get you to sympathize with him. Um, It creates a very dystopian world and you think well you know that's that's a terrible uh state that the country's in you know we want we don't want that to uh, uh to survive we want we want something to happen to change that but yeah on the other hand you're right is he really is it is that his real motivation or is that a justification yeah he's killing the people that hurt him and that experimented on him Um, obviously it's terrible what they did but yeah is it really to um, to save everybody good question what do you think
0: Mm, I would imagine much as the question that I ask all the time to cult leaders are they the first (laughs) to join their own cult he probably Mm. believes he's doing it for um, greater good but Mm. I imagine that um, his ultimate fuel is personal revenge Mm.
1: Yeah, and he gives There's some clues this, there, yeah. doesn't he? There's he talks a yeah, well, bit about yeah, that. Yeah,
0: because he cho- chooses to go to his own death, doesn't he? And I think if it wasn't about him, he wouldn't have to die. Do you know what I mean?
1: Mm. Yeah, and he falls in love with Evie. Um, he tells her that he's fallen in love Would with her at the to end.
0: Ask about. Like, What do you think about the weird love subplot? I've asked it in a, in a leading way to suggest what I think of it.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think uh, what it's trying to say, I think personally I think that's supporting your, um, uh, if not argument, um, your suggestion that it he, he has been powered by revenge and hatred. Yeah. Um, and what Evie does is she surprises him with the fact that he he's actually fallen in love with her and he he says that he didn't think that was possible by the end so i think um i think that love is real
0: i guess so but why is he in love with her like if if love what i know of love (laughs) i don't think that 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 doesn't look like love to me (laughs) the way that their relationship is
1: um, well, I guess, yeah, uh, it, there's lots of types of love, I suppose. And whether it's a pure love or, um, you know, whether you would describe it as a healthy relationship, I don't think you would because uh, we can come to a, a couple of scenes that relate to that. But I still think in his mind, um, mm-hmm. he's he's fallen for her. Or at least it's it's given him um, a new focus, a new thing to think about. And it's it's made him, in some respects, regret the the life course that he's taken, mm-hmm. I think that's what it's trying to say to you. And I think it also, but there's also a a drawing on things that we're aware of. So the film is full of references to other stories and other films. So obviously, there's the references to the historical uh, event of the Gunpowder Plot, but there's also, it, it you know, there's the Phantom of the Opera in there. Um, he talks about. Uh, that Well, his favourite film uh, that he watches with Evie, the Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, as I say, he's drawing on the Phantom of the Opera. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think in the Phantom of the Opera, she falls in love with the, the, the guy, doesn't she, in the mask? Or at least there's a love element to it. Um, so I think that's part of why that happens. Uh, but w- what's your problem with the, the love element there then? Tell me why you, you have a problem with that.
0: Um, because he basically like brainwashes her, um, yeah. and then claims to be in love with her. And she kind of claims to love him too. And yeah. I have, that is sketch to me. And, um, the way that the film frames it is kind of like we're supposed to be okay with what he did to her it feels mm. like
1: mm.
0: and I don't think we should be okay with what he did to her because what he did to her was abuse
1: <laughs> yeah and as you've alluded to there's a there's a real cult-like quality to that isn't there it's a it's it's a coercive mo- kind of situation bit, isn't was, it
0: was the bit when she knows what he's done and she's crying mm. and breaking down and he tells her mm. why it's fine yeah. that was the most cool bit to me
1: and mm. and one of the thing one of the themes throughout the film is this theme of uh, fear uh so the idea is that the world or the uk the the world that we are seeing through the through the film is is a world that's been created through fear and this we know politicians do this that they create or at least unscrupulous politicians do it they create a Uh, a reason to fear a certain group or a certain thing and then they offer themselves as being the uh, the way to overcome that or to get rid of that thing that they're scared of Um, so you know of course not all politicians do this this is this is a a dictator's chart this is how they do it they create these Um, scary people, these scary situations, and then say, vote for me and I'll make sure I protect you against Mm. it. So that's kind of what the the accusation is in the film. But then when you think about what he's done with Evie, um, actually, what's the difference? You know, he's totally lied to her. He's created a situation where she believes something that's completely not true. Yes, he even tortures her physically and mentally. Um, When she's then in a weakened state, he then, yeah, he then tells her, um believe in me you know this is i'm, I'm the one who's going to help you so yeah i think there's a yeah. good argument for him being a manipulative narcissistic cult leader
0: yeah and he also um yeah he's like he does let her go but it's like i don't know he, he's so uh, believes that he's done the right things he's like oh mm. i thought i should stop but i wouldn't because that would be taken from you also the thing that i thought uh i didn't like was the way that he the reason i think he is being cultish and horrible and toxic and abusive is when he says he lists all the things that did happen like her father was killed her mother was killed her brother was killed Mm. did it he lists all these true Mm. facts and then he said and they tortured you and i was like no you tortured her Mm. just because Mm. you did it in the guise of them Mm. or like because if they caught her they would do that but they haven't he's done Mm. that Mm. but he listed it in with the things that were true.
1: That's interesting. didn't, notice I didn't like that. that. Mm. Yeah, 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 that's interesting. And I suppose the other thing is get getting her to essentially be the, um, the, the terrorist in the end. So, you know, mm-hmm. the gift to her isn't anything nice. It's that she gets to, uh, to actually do it. She has
0: to, yeah, set this thing off in motion. Mm. And I don't see why that again like she wouldn't have done that if he hadn't um brainwashed her
1: yeah yeah
0: regardless of if we think that it's like a good thing to do or not mm. um if it's not, you know if she's kind of been brainwashed it feels you know his plans all stretch out like years apart and you're like how orchestrated is this like why did he pick her mm. do you know what i mean like why was he there that night saving her do you know what i mean And it's like oh because her story fits really well with someone that he could manipulate you know Mm. and get on his side
1: so what did you think about some of the so what i I thought was interesting was again this is something that the vachowskis um we talked about the matrix and they do it with that too you can read it in lots of different ways and i think Mm. you can read this in lots of different ways it's great filmmaking in that respect um so what do you think about some of the, the the themes and issues that come through that if you were watching it well as we're watching it now I can imagine different people di- with different political views and different Weltanschauung um, mm. might have a very different take on it so we have we've got a virus we've got a pandemic we've got um, uh, cutting down freedoms and in fact sort of a big theme of this is freedom mm-hmm. um, we've also got uh, social justice issues um, around uh, particularly Muslim people um, and we've got uh, gay rights issues. Uh, how do you think all that fits together? What is the... You know, what? Remembering this was made in 2005, it's easy to watch it now and look at it through the lens of the world that we're living in. How do you interpret all that?
0: Um, in a sense, I think it was almost it was almost over busy. Like I almost mm. felt like it was hard to connect with it because yeah. there was so much going on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So like, they're all issues. that I think we as an audience now could find deeply like moving and important because we have seen the Trump administration and what they did in terms of banning, you know, travel between Muslim countries, mm. basically, Um, and, you know, or from, that, from Muslim countries. From Muslim yeah. countries into mm. America. So we know so we know that there was, you know, a, based on that, we know there's a large group of people that just don't like Muslim mm. people. So we know mm. that that's happening. So we can understand that as a modern audience. We can, a contemporary audience, you know. Um, luckily, I think there is improvements with um, uh, gay rights and how people treat people um, in that regard but you do still hear stuff pretty regularly mm. like those that couple that was beaten up on the bus mm. things like that um, so you know it's still stuff that we hear in the news um, all the time and obviously there there is currently still a pandemic um, mm. though uh, and I suppose you could, you could read the pandemic bit in a way that obviously I don't think a government is responsible for no. le- le- uh, leaking out a pandemic I no. think it happens as we know historically these things happen um but you know you could read it like governments ill reactions to the pandemic they are to blame so you know when he's like what if our government is to blame for 100,000 deaths mm. that is definitely a sentence that has been said in mm. recent times so um there's a lot to unpack in it, but because of that, those are loads of huge things that I just said, and therefore yeah. I felt overwhelmed by it
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right and perhaps that it felt so difficult because of of the context in which we're we're seeing it through right now, you know um so yeah, I think if you're a conspiracy theorist watching that, I think you you might easily pick up on oh you know that's that was amazing, that's prophetic that's you know that's what's happened. I don't believe that no. um I think um I mean there's still question marks about how the, the virus started whether it was accidental or natural um but I certainly don't think it, it's it's our government doing it on purpose to create a, 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 a an environment of fear uh, but I can see why some would would watch that and say oh yeah there you go um, but I do think it does raise questions that um it, it It's a it's a nuanced point, but I think we do need to be wary that whilst um, I've been supportive all the way through of things like um, wearing masks, and if uh, you know, if if I've
0: been described as draconian measures,
1: draconian measures, yeah. If I am told to stay in, I'll stay in. If um, you know, I'll I'll obey those rules because I think they're they're in the best interest. Um, But now we're into you know vaccine. Passports, possibly, or at least that's been muted, and in some countries that's happening um and you you can see that there are some risks that through uh, the the genuine absolutely right things to do in some cases can there's a creep that can happen where governments start to have more and more to say about what you can do when you can do it and how you can do it i mean the the idea that three years ago somebody said you know, you'll only be allowed to take exercise once a day uh, for 30 minutes um, outside. And then for the rest of the time, you've got to stay in. You know, that would have seemed unbelievable. Um, We did it willingly. um, But I can see why some people worry about that. And we do need to be careful that we don't just sleepwalk into allowing governments to take away important freedoms. So, I think there I is think something to it's be said not, there.
0: It's not the first time that that's been discussed, and I think mm. that's what the whole point of The Handmaid's Tale is. So, mm. yeah. the whole point of that is that um, the main character, June, finds her mum annoying because she's like this incessant feminist, <laughs> yes. and then she's like, Oh, actually, she was probably right because. Just because you have freedom now does not mean that it is forever. Just as rules yeah. can be written, they can be unwritten.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's so. And then the the idea of freedom is the idea, isn't it? That's the idea that Guy Fawkes or that um, Viva Vendetta represents in this film. It's this idea because he says, you know, you can't kill an idea. And freedom is that idea. And what's interesting about freedom is is it depends on everybody wants freedom to uh, to do what they want to do Um, and that's sometimes quite a problematic area so you know uh, whether you're on the left or the right of politics if you're on an extreme of those then the 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 narrative of freedom is the one that keeps coming over and over again you know I want freedom to be able to um, I don't want the government telling me to wear a mask or tell me where i can go or how many people i can i can meet with um and if i've got to have a vaccine or not and um, we you know we fought for this country to be free and free 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 um, and then on the other side you've got you know freedom to live a life and um, the way that you want to your sexuality your uh reproductive rights freedom to choose and so on so they're both freedom uh, and the the thing is, is, is perhaps one side doesn't want the other side to have that freedom. And sometimes those freedoms clash, of course. So it's not it's not a very easy, freedom is a very simple message. And of course, it is a very, very powerful one. Mm-hmm. But when you start to try and negotiate freedom and make sure that, you know, one person's freedom doesn't encroach upon another person's freedom, it actually starts to get uh, quite complicated. So I think that's quite, that it raises that that question the film raises those questions um a bit i think as well but the the way that we interpret that film i think will be dependent upon the way that we think about the world our existing worldview and then we'll will interpret the, the the speeches about freedom in that particular way which i think is quite interesting
0: um so there's obviously a loose connection to guy fawkes mm. um it gives a timeline for the film to work with, hmm. uh, but do you want to talk a bit about that historical stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean it's quite interesting. Um, there's 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 actually a lot of of connected stuff. I mean there's there's one scene in V for Vendetta where uh, one of the police officers. Uh, one of the policemen says um you know i feel like it's all connected it's all it's all connected mm. and you see it all all the bits of it and he can even see the future bits and that's that's another thread that they put in there about you know it's almost like saying it's inevitable. This stuff is inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you can foretell it. It's like predestined, if you like. Mm. Um and then that's it. They don't talk about it anymore. He just goes, Well, it was only a feeling. Which I think is hilarious. That's just a does that a lot, thing. yeah. He always has a but, feeling. Yeah. Um so but yeah oh, there no, are... that's
0: that's because he says in his meeting with the big man, John Hurt mm. He has a feeling and then you go to his office and he describes what the
1: feeling was. That's right. Because obviously
0: you couldn't tell John Hurt that.
1: That's right, yeah. But it's like, um, yeah, they they suddenly raise all these questions of, you know, are these things inevitable? Is it predestined? And actually these are themes that are in the Matrix trilogy as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've got Agent Smith played by Hugo Weaving um, about to kill... Neo, and you know that's the sound of inevitability. The best um, that,
0: filmmakers <laughs> make the same film again and again that's and again, right. just same in ideas. slightly different ways. Yeah. That's um, something that um, I heard in my film class when we were doing about so Bergman. All of his films are about the same thing, really.
1: Very true. Um, yeah. So, um, so there's almost a, a message there around. You know, this thing com- comes around. These things keep happening over and over again. And so we had the gunpowder plot and then we have this thing that's happened in this imagined future. Um, So let's just go back to the gunpowder plot a little bit. So Guy Fawkes is the one that's known because he's the one that's caught. Um, He's caught in the cellars underneath the Houses of Parliament with 30 odd barrels of gunpowder ready to blow up the Houses of Parliament. But actually it was part of a, a bigger, much bigger conspiracy um, and um, so they uh, quite a few of them were involved in it
0: I didn't know Guy Fawkes didn't devise, the plan. presumed he devised it because he's the one that we call it after.
1: So they rented the cellars out underneath the Houses of Parliament um, and they, they got some barrels, 30 odd barrels of gunpowder and they were going to blow it up that way um, so Guy Fawkes was the one that was caught but actually it was uh, a plan devised by Robert Catesby or Catsby um, and he was a a kind of fairly wealthy man um, and he wanted to restore the Catholic monarchy, so this is all rooted in Catholic, Protestant angst, basically Is
0: this this during um, Elizabeth then? Because I remember she was, but it started before her
1: So we need to go back to, yes, Henry VIII, who um, broke away from the Catholic Church, and um, uh, the, the, over the period of the Tudors, so um, Henry VIII, um, his daughter um, Elizabeth I, Elizabeth I hands over; she doesn't have any heirs, so she hands over to James I. From an English perspective, James I is actually James VI um, in Scotland because he was already King of Scotland.
0: Yeah, he's, isn't he? Isn't he the son of Mary, Queen of Scots? That's right, Mary, Queen of
1: Scots, yeah. So he's the son of Mary, Queen of Scots. Um, He then takes the throne of England as well. And actually, he's the first one to really think about Great Britain. So he's the one who thought about unification, although it never really happened under his watch. He was the first one to uh, think about that. I mean, obviously, because he was king of both nations and Ireland too. Um, And so he um he's now on the throne but he's a protestant although mary queen of scots his mother was a catholic he's a protestant he actually because wasn't um,
0: he raised separate from her correct because yeah. she was put she she was taken away for treason
1: that's right he, um, he didn't know he's her raised all, really. separate from her and yeah. she
0: really cares about him but he thinks that she's evil because i mean he was raised to believe that so
1: that's right yeah so he's he's staunchly protestant and um and at this time, there's there's quite a lot of uh, obviously the Catholic um, population are, are, are want a Catholic king on the throne. That's but actually they they at first they think King James I is going to be okay because you know he did have a Catholic mother and he he actually seemed to be a bit of a a moderate. And I think you know the the, the general opinion from historians is you know he was ready to uh, try and create a bit of um you know uh smooth over some of these issues but there was a number of plots actually against him um and he also got shipwrecked and he believed that that was down to a witch so we'll talk about witches in a minute um so yeah he was he was a bit paranoid in the end he did a lot of reading he was quite well read um and i think he had quite you know some quite interesting ideas about what was going on in the world uh, but yeah that there was a big fear of Catholics within the the country and that that actually he was going to be assassinated and of course the gunpowder plot is is a direct evidence that that's pretty true you know they wanted to get rid of King James so King James was about to be in the Houses of Parliament for the opening of uh, of, of Parliament uh, we still do that um, tends not to be this time of year but that was what was happening then. So the king would have been there with his family, and the idea was to kill him as well as as the houses of parliament. And they they already had a a person that they were going to put on the throne. I think it was one of his daughters, Elizabeth, another Elizabeth, and they um they they were going to obviously make her into a Catholic, and um, she would have been the Catholic Queen of England. So that was the plot. Didn't happen um they all get uh, they get found and, um yeah treason and all that um king james is an interesting character though because he um is one of the first ones to get really big into witch hunting um one he he had he was shipwrecked yeah he was shipwrecked and he thought that uh the the theory was that the shipwreck happened because a witch had um oh, what was it drowned a cat <laughs> it was very strange. Um tied a flame to a cat, I think, and drowned Oh my goodness, I can't remember. Anyway, um, yeah, it was it was all pretty unfortunate. It was it was quite um he, he was responsible for, for a number of women being killed. But he also and there's a there's a city a town, and the first town to be established in the United States was called Jamestown. Ah. Um so Jamestown was the first settlement, essentially, that the British created in mm. the Americas, which is something not many people know. And it was during, obviously, during his reign, uh, they went across and uh, and set up this uh, this settlement. It, it in the end, it got destroyed. I think what's there now is a place called Williamsburg in Virginia. So it was in Virginia, uh, which has just had a an election so it kind of all dovetails it's quite interesting mm-hmm. so yeah a very interesting character um obviously um england and uh, uh great britain ended up being a, a predominantly protestant country although there's quite a lot of catholic uh presence in um in scotland and in northern ireland um but um yeah interesting character uh, so yeah that's the gunpowder plot so Guy Fawkes is the guy that was caught and he's the one that we well we don't do it much these days but now and again you might see the effigy of some strange looking Football-headed football headed football headed man uh, burning on on a bonfire yeah
0: it is good though it's cold you go out you stand <laughs> around a big massive fire yeah and watch pretty fireworks it's a good night
1: yeah, it is. Yeah, if you, if you sort of don't think too much about the um, the whole burning of the of the effigy, but <laughs> um, well, of course, I, I mean, what what we can talk about a little bit is is the religious intolerance um, for Catholics, and I mean that the, before that there was obviously intolerance towards Protestants, so there was actually. Um, this religious intolerance has been a feature of our country and obviously other countries too um certain religions think that they're the only ones that have been persecuted, you know, and that they're, they're it's all it's all about persecution for us, but actually lots of religions mm. um have been persecuted, and pretty brutally you know people mm. are killed um Catholics were so round after gunpowder plot, basically if you're a Catholic. You had to go to an Anglican mass at least once a year, mm. um, and also if you refused to essentially um, say that the king was the uh, the one that God had appointed, um, then yeah, that was treason. Exactly, because mm. uh, Protestantism for Henry VIII it was him that was going to be uh, that was the, the the person that God had put on the throne, not the Pope.
0: Well, at the uh, what is it called? when they're crowned coronation yeah at at a coronation they are um sort of you know anointed by uh is it the bishop
1: yeah um it's the archbishop of canterbury i think is in the uk anyway yeah
0: so they do all of that because it's um they're anointed not appointed by Mm, so they're chosen by god not chosen by government or people that's
1: right yeah
0: is the idea that's why some people though do consider that they wonder when the royals will be on their way out is what some people say to me because they're like as we become a less religious nation there's less reason why do we care about a so-called religiously anointed family to be Mm. in charge it's something that's discussed but i don't i'm quite lackadaisical about the whole thing some people really think that they're on their way out and some people think they'll really stay. And I'm kind of like, well,
1: yeah. yeah." I don't know if our listeners are that interested in, in, um, in the subject. So maybe it's not something we'd talk about, but yeah, yeah, that's probably as much as you want to discuss But we could have a whole podcast on, you know, what we think about royalty and, um, uh, you know, um, there's there's a big discussion from time to time, but I think even the people that are not keen on the royals just just say, well, you know, what what's what's the alternative? Do we really want to vote another mm. person in? You know, so I think that's the big the big problem is yeah. even even fairly lefties. um just can't be bothered. Can't be bothered bigger,
0: really. <laughs> bigger hills to die on, you know.
1: I think that that is what what we feel. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, just okay. Before we then. before we finish, there's a there's a real little. Um, nice little nugget that um our listeners might be interested in. So um there's a BBC uh series, mini series called the called Gunpowder, I think it's called, um, which you can get on Amazon. I haven't watched it yet, um, but you can buy it on Amazon. Uh anyway, it's um it stars Kit Harrington. So you know who Kit Harrington is, don't you? Um, it's
0: it's it's the guy from it's John Snow.
1: It's your man John Snow from Law um, from Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Well, he is directly descended from Robert Catesby, Catesby, mm. the mastermind behind the Gunpowder Plot. How weird is that? Well,
0: then.
1: so he stars in the adaptation of that story, um, and he's directly related to one of the. Very main characters how interesting eh well
0: there we go
1: so on that bombshell mm-hmm. um, uh, the the one last thing I wanted to say before we finish is uh, another weird thing which happens from time to time is I was listening to another podcast this morning it's the Times podcast it's called Story of Our Times I think it's a really good podcast if you want to get up to date with general stories um, but they were talking about um psychogenic illnesses can you believe it mm. uh, which is the very thing we just talked about on our very latest podcast but they were talking about this thing called havana syndrome which is a um a condition that seemed to be happening to american officials and diplomats going to various parts of the world and it first started when they went to cuba and they started to have headaches and uh uh, well they felt it was like brain damage of some sort. Um and th- there's a there's a contested idea whether it is actually a secret weapon by the Russians of sort of hypersonic weapon or whether it is is just something that's uh, a psychogenic phenomenon. So I found it really interesting. We've been talking about that literally on the podcast before. Oh, yeah. So it's in the news. Very nice. Good. All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this little bonus Bonus, episode. We pulled it together pretty quick. Um, It's now nearly 7 o'clock in the evening, um, Mm. the evening before. I've got to edit all this. So, um, anyway, hopefully we get that done in time for the 5th of November. Have a safe bonfire night. And, um, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Have
0: plenty of sand for your sprinklers.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Never... Never go back to a, a firework that doesn't seem to have lit. Don't play with fireworks. Don't all play these fireworks things were, people. That's right, yeah. And look Welcome after you your else. school assemble assembly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Thank Thanks, you very guys. much, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.